0: Wow. (laughs) Yup. That was weird. Yep. How are you not more weirded out by this?
1: Just another day in the demon hunting business.
0: This sort of thing is, well, normal for you.
1: I'm offended, you even have to ask.
0: Hadley, since you brought me over to the other side, I've seen a lot of weird things. I mean, werewolves, zombies, ghosts. That I can wrap my head around. A demonic chipmunk?
1: Really? Nathan, sweetie, that's hardly the weirdest thing I've ever killed. In 1925, I came across a small village in Scandinavia that was being attacked by a flock of zombie chickens.
0: Zombie chickens?
1: Yep, honest to God. They killed everyone in the whole village and turned them into these feather covered fiend things. It took better part of a year to get rid of all of them. And the smell. Can't even begin to describe that smell.
0: Now I know you're pulling my leg.
1: Believe me, I wish I were. There's no good way of erasing brain-eating poultry from your memory.
0: Quack! Brains! Brains! (laughs) Come on.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm hitting the shower. I need to wash all this rodent gunk off of me right now.
0: Ooh. Maybe I'll join you.
1: Why, Nathan... Are you making a pass at me while I'm covered in hamster puke?
0: Me? Never. I just figured you might need some help. You know, getting out of those sticky clothes.
1: Well, now that you mention it.
0: Are we expecting anyone?
1: Not that I know of.
0: I swear, if one of those demonic hamsters has followed us home.
1: Shut it- up and grab a weapon. Ready? Oh! My...
2: Good evening, Miss Hadley. I hope I'm not disturbing you.
1: My lord. You honor us with your presence.
2: Oh, for Christ's sake. Hadley, what are you doing kneeling down?
1: Shut up and bow your head, you idiot.
2: Why do vampires insist on doing that with me? It makes it impossible to have any semblance of a decent conversation. Who the hell are you? I beg your pardon.
1: Shut up, Nathan. You have to excuse him, my lord. He is... new. He still has a lot to learn.
2: Oh, that's right. They did tell me you'd taken on a minion. I am not a minion. Nathan, is it? Please forgive me. Where are my manners? Let me introduce myself. My name is Vlad the Impaler. Or as I'm more commonly called these days, Dracula. Count... Dracula. Dracula? THE Dracula? The one
0: and only. So, Dracula is real and you never thought to tell me?
1: I wasn't expecting to have him walk through my front door.
2: That's not the point. Please do not be upset, Nathan. I'm something of a black sheep of the vampire family. Most people avoid speaking about me. Really? Why is that? I don't tend to play well with others. I've pretty much broken just about every law in the vampire playbook. So the vampire council is likely not very pleased with you? No. They don't like me very much. But still, I am a vampire lord, so by their law, they have to respect that. Dogma is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Now then, Hadley, would you please stand up?
1: Yes, my lord. Don't
2: call me that. We're going to be working together the next few days. I can't afford to have someone bowing and scraping their knees every time I talk to them.
1: Uh, Yes, my lord. Yes, I understand. As you wish.
2: Very good. I'm going to need you to come with me the next few days. Come on, wait. Hold on, Hadley. You're not seriously going to just
0: leave with this character, are you?
1: He's a lord, Nathan. I'm sort of bound by duty.
0: What? You're expecting me to just accept that? No harm will come to her, boy, you have my word. You will have to forgive me if I don't put too much stock on your word. Where are you taking her? I need her help in rescuing a
2: mutual acquaintance of ours. And that would be the Pale Man of Portland. Byron. The very same. So can I count on your support?
3: I am floating in darkness. No sound, no light. It's peaceful. Then there is a flash of light, and I find myself in the Dead Valley once more. An endless wasteland of dead trees and barren ground covered in a dark, menacing fog bank. It had grown thicker since I was last here. ...and I see the Vaudeville man.
4: You know, I am very disappointed in you.
3: He is sitting in a wicker chair and sipping at an exotic blue drink.
4: For years, I have heard stories about the infamous Pale Man. The one who betrayed Lucifer in the final siege of heaven. The one who destroyed and recreated the whole universe... The one who forged the Roman Empire
3: and brought about its destruction.
4: Meh, details. But the point is that you are supposed to be a rather clever fellow. Yet, you walk openly into an obvious trap. Then, you let yourself get shot by an iron dead. <laughs> It's almost enough to make one reconsider picking you. Picking me? Picking me for what? Oh, I don't have time to get into that now. Places to do, things to be, and all that. There are preparations to make. But I'm warning you, Byron. You need to get your act together. Right now, I am not very impressed with you till next time
3: there is a flash of bright light and everything fades into darkness once more
1: what are you doing my lord
2: trying to pick the lock and I told you to stop calling me my lord
1: I'm sorry, it's just... It's not every day one of the High Lords comes into your life.
2: Yes, well, stop it all the same.
1: As you wish. You know this is Byron's tower. Maybe it would be better if we just... You know, knock on the door?
2: For two very good reasons. First, he's not home. And even if he was kind enough to open it for me, he wouldn't help us. The Pale Man and I are not exactly friends.
1: I know of the blood feud between you both.
2: Yes. I would gladly see Byron dead tomorrow.
1: Then why are you trying to help him?
2: We have a common foe. One who desires to slay the Pale Man. He created a cabal of powerful beings who are aiding him in this endeavor. Problem is, they plan to lay waste the world in doing this.
1: What? How, uh, how do you know this?
2: Because they asked me to join them. I must admit to being very tempted at first. But when I discovered they planned on destroying the world, I declined their kind offer.
1: So you're not really trying to save Byron. You're trying to save the Earth. Exactly.
2: There shall come a time when I shall rule over all this world, Hadley. I shall be the supreme master of the living and the dead. But I can't do that if some fool has gone ahead and destroyed the planet. Now can I? In saving Byron, I save my future empire. And voila.
1: You do know Byron has defenses. To keep unwanted guests from just strolling into his home? Indeed.
2: That's why I brought you along. Now then, your job is simple. Protect me until i found what I'm looking for.
1: Well, this should be fun. What is it we're looking for anyway?
2: An object of great power. After you, my dear.
1: <sighs> right. Here we go.
3: myself lying at the bottom of an open grave. I quickly grabbed the sides of the coffin and pulled myself up. If I were still in the body of a younger man, this would have been easier. As I was now aged, it took more
1: effort.
3: I was in the center of a graveyard somewhere. Many of the graves have been desecrated, the bodies within removed.
1: Hello? Is anyone up there? Hello? Help! Somebody! Get me out of here! Max? Byron, thank God. Would you please get me out of here?
3: Hello, Max. Whatever are you doing at the bottom of a grave?
1: Oh, sarcasm at a time like this. Yeah, that's cute. Help me the hell out of here, Mr. Asinine Commentary.
3: Here, take my hand.
1: Oh, thank you. Don't mention it. I didn't want to wake up in a coffin today. Now what the hell is going on? Where are we?
3: Oh, pipe down, kid. I just climbed out of a grave myself. Graveyard somewhere.
1: Thanks. I figured that one out for myself. Now, why a graveyard?
3: Dunno. How did you end up here?
1: You know, we were surrounded by those robot zombie things and they shot us.
3: What? You too. I thought they only got me.
1: Yeah, well they obviously got me right after.
3: Right, of course.
1: What the hell was that?
3: A harvester. I ran towards the sound with Max on my heels. On the far side of the graveyard I saw a lumbering mass of rotting flesh moving on three metallic legs. fleshy centre, a pair of robotic arms reaching out and digging into a grave. Within moments, it had reached the coffin within. It exhumed the corpse of a woman and dragged it into its mass where glowing eyes inspected.
1: Oh god, what's it doing?
3: Harvesters are how the Iron Dead are made. They tear up graveyards and dig up human remains. Those that they deem viable, they reanimate with armor and weapon augmentations. Those that they don't, they grind up and use for sustenance for the troopers. It slows down the decay of the organic compound.
1: Oh, that's disgusting.
3: Let's just say the Iron Dead are machines. They lack our respect for the dearly departed.
1: Robot soldiers made of corpses. really wish I hadn't asked you anything right now.
3: Come on, let's get out of here before it notices us.
2: Not bad, Hadley. I knew you were up to the
1: task. I'm glad you approve. Now, if you don't mind... (sighs) Byron has a damn Cerberus? Of course he does. Why wouldn't he keep a giant three-headed demon hound to guard his vaults? Should have seen that one coming.
2: You know, I knew a groundskeeper that had a pet Cerberus once. Named it Fluffy as I remember. Dracula? Yes?
1: Shut up. Damn thing nearly ripped my arms off. What's the... Great. And it ruined my favorite jacket? Peachy.
2: Relax. I'll buy you a new one.
1: You're all hard, my lord. Get what you were looking for at least?
2: Indeed I did. Here it is.
1: That's... that's...
2: The hand of God. Yes, indeed.
1: But I asked Byron once if he had this. He said it had been destroyed.
2: And you believed him. Rule one, dear Hadley, the pale man lies. A lot.
1: All this time? That bastard.
2: I wouldn't be too cross with him, my dear. You would never dare let this fall into the wrong hands. The hand of God is the ultimate weapon. Anyone who has it has the power to destroy the world twice over.
1: What could you possibly want with that?
2: To do exactly that, of course.
1: (laughs) Excuse me, I thought we were trying to save the world.
2: I fear I haven't been exactly honest with you, Hadley. Unfortunately, when this little Kabul visited me... I didn't exactly turn down their offer.
1: You joined them? All this crap about saving the world so you could someday rule it was a sham.
2: Not really. It will still come to pass. I just have to raise it to the ground first. The hand will allow me to do that. But with it being Byron's home, I knew I would need help in collecting it. That's why I came to you. I knew if anyone could help me get it, it would be you.
1: You'll never get to use it, though. I'll make sure of it. The council will have to forgive me when I bring them your head.
2: Ah! hand beats sword, my dear. Now please drop your weapon. I would hate to have to unmake you. Good girl.
1: So, what now, Count Chocula?
2: Now? Our hour of vengeance upon the Pale Man draws near.
1: You're an idiot. Byron will stop you, same way he always does. And if he doesn't, I will. And trust me, you're better off with the first outcome than the second.
2: You'll not be around to do that. Meaning? Meaning. Thank you for all your help... I wouldn't have been able to get this far without you. Goodbye. Hadley
4: Price.
2: (laughs) Hello. It's me. I have the hand.
1: So, why did they toss us in a grave and not bury us? What was the point in it?
3: I imagine it's all part of the game.
1: Game? What game?
3: Someone wanted me to wake up there. They wanted me to know that if they wanted me dead, they could have done it there and then. This is all a very elaborate game, which you're part of.
5: Me? Uh, what do I matter?
3: What do you think all those books and scrolls have been about? You're a pawn in all this. One that was meant to hook me and draw me in further.
1: Yeah, but to what end?
3: What else? My death.
1: I thought you said they didn't want you dead.
3: Oh, not right away. They want to break me first, bring me down to my knees. Humiliate me, prove that they have outsmarted me. And then, when I am at my lowest point, then kill me. You know, standard megalomaniac sort of thing.
1: You know, that sounds rather vain to me, honestly. Especially considering they gave you a wide opening to regroup and figure out a game plan.
3: Megalomaniacs are often consumed by their own vanity. There's only one thing I can't figure out.
1: What? What do you
3: mean? Why they didn't kill you when you outlived your use. Now, in the meantime, what we need to do is- Well, now that is interesting. In a clearing among the trees stood a tall, vast fortress made of flesh, bone, and machinery. The ground around it soaked in blood. Oh
1: my god!
3: Must have been built by the Iron Dead.
1: Oh god, the smell! I've never smelled anything like that! Ew!
3: Reminds me of Auschwitz. Industrialized death. Come on, I think we're expected. As we approached... A gate made of skin peeled back from the front of the fortress.
1: We're... wait, hold on. We're not really going in there, are we?
3: Of course. Someone has gone through a lot of trouble to set this up. It would be rude not to. A man in a black business suit stood in the open gateway. Good evening, Mr. Byron. My name is Doyle. The master and his guest
2: are expecting you. The master. Formal. They are waiting for you in the lounge, sir. If you'd follow me.
1: Uh, I got a bad feeling about this, Byron.
3: You're not the only one. Max and I followed Doyal down a long hallway. Like the outside, the interior of the fortress was crafted from flesh and bone. It felt as though I was walking inside the belly of the beast. At the end of the hallway, a door made of skin pulled back. We walked through into a chamber. Inside, there was a whole gathering going on. A gathering full of familiar faces. Faces that would have delighted in seeing me dead. But it was the face of the man at the center of the gathering that caught my attention. It was a face I had not seen in over 2,000 years. The dead Emperor Romulus Augustus, from a Welcome, Pale Man.
2: I've been looking forward to this meme for a very long time.
5: You have been listening to The Byron Chronicles, A Year in the Life. Part 7, A Game of Betrayal, written by Eric L. Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie Van Sistein as Hadley Price, Carissa DeWitt as Max, Mark Kalita as the Vaudeville Man, Cleomangus Dodd as Dracula, Ellie Hirschman as Doyle and Corinne C. Cronfly as Croatoan. Music by Kevin MacLeod and Adrian von Sigler. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. Script edited by Daniel Quesado. This episode was produced, engineered, and directed by Eric Busby. This is Mark Brzee. You have been listening to an Eric Busby production. Copyright Eric Busby presents 2017.